Welcome to Angry Noises. This is Emma. And this is Anna. And today we're going to be talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi. Obviously this is going to have spoilers, but we'll try to do a non-spoiler review so that way it doesn't ruin anything for anybody. But if you want to go in totally blind, watch the movie first, then come back to this. So what were your general super vague thoughts on The Last Jedi? I liked it. And that's probably all I can say. When I left the theater, I was like, oh, this was pretty all right. It's good. but It was a decent movie. Yeah. Some flaws. Then, and that's it. Yep. That's, that's all we can say. That's all we can say. <laughs> all right. So stop listening. Just stop. Pause it. Go watch it. Come back if you're not ready. Because the spoilers are going to be in three, two, one. Snoke, Snoke is, is a jar jar. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, for those of you that have seen it. Sadly, he was not. That was I, really an unfortunate choice. It was a wasted opportunity. It really they, was. They should have taken that opportunity. I mean, yeah, let's let, let's talk about that for a second, though. Because The Last Jedi did have its flaws. And one of them was that Snoke was a super underdeveloped villain. And had he been Jar Jar, he would have had previous character development and it wouldn't have mattered as much because we've been like oh he was jar jar now he's snoke yeah, now he's he, dead it's he all good he would have had built-in motives he yeah. would have had built-in characterization it it would have been amazing and instead we we still really don't know why he was wanting to take over the galaxy yeah they're like even with palpatine you got this sense of sith lord narcissism yeah want to be dictator whatever he was and and then we just have snoke who was a hollow bid for episode seven and a tall weird thing in episode eight he could have replaced him with a lamp he could have pretty much like a talking lamp lamp, but yeah i wasn't super thrilled and i understand like the whole idea of wanting kylo ren to be the big bad but you they could have filmed it in a different way yes to convey like even with conflicted villains they still have to be super villainous. And I mean, yeah, at the yeah. end, he did come into his own a little bit, but they really hammered on Snoke. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. And even now, if Abrams decides to make Snoke Jar Jar in episode nine, it's kind of a cop-out at this point, which absolutely sucks. But I wouldn't be opposed to the end of episode nine, you know, thinking that everyone's been defeated and then out of the shadows. <laughs> emerges Jar Jar. Misa back. That would be. Oh, that would be. I'd the watch start that of the movie. new trilogy. That's yeah. That's the new trilogy. Everybody bringing down Jar Jar. Instead of, I'll be back. JJ Abrams, Misa's call back. me up. I got a lot of ideas for episode nine. <laughs> All about Darth Darth Banks. <laughs> okay, so let's let's try to kind of follow what notes we have, but um. So like like just the whole movie, I thought was mostly shot well. There were a few scenes that I was just like, "What are they doing?" But for the most part, I wasn't thinking about how it was shot. So that was yeah, a like good for thing. Th- yeah, for the most part, I was into the movie and not thinking about shooting style. The biggest issue I had, and we were we were just talking about yes. this with my little brother, who's not that little, but anyways. Is the whole Leia Force scene? They could have just shot that better. It would have been better, yeah, I like, think, to be more subtle and less like 
cheesy. Like the idea of it, like writing it down on paper would have been super cool. Like, man, what if like we blow up the bridge, you think Leia's dead, and then her fingers twitch, and then she uses the force to move through space to get back to the ship. That's really cool. The execution was weird. It was really weird. Just was weird. Like I would have preferred, you know, to see her fingers twitch and maybe even see her hand move through the frame and then cut to her hand on the door or something. Just not that really weird wide shot of her flying through space like a space witch. Yeah, then you can actually imagine how she got there yourself and you don't see it and you're just like, what? Although in general, I kind, I mean, I, I don't kind of believe, I do believe that um, there was about a thousand other better ways to convey that she can use the force. Yes. Because I mean, I believe, I mean, in the books, obviously she used the force and I, I didn't even think she had a lightsaber and like, yeah, give her a lightsaber or something. I mean, instead of using the blaster, she could have forced thrown Poe across the wall and it would have been just oh, as funny. Awesome. Or whatever they were trying to convey, but but flying through space with the force. Although we haven't seen anybody out in space use the force, so that could have been really accurate, and maybe that's why nobody actually used the force outside of the ship, because it looks stupid. I don't think I have anything to comment on that, but that's a good point. Okay, so to the resident costume designer, (laughs) what are your thoughts? I thought the costumes were good. They, I didn't really have anything negative to say about them. I liked when Luke had the, the black costume with the white underneath. That just reminded me of Return of the Jedi. Rey's costumes fit with her character. Just everybody's costumes seemed to fit well with their characters. And of course, there's no historical accuracy to be judgmental of. So I thought all in all it was well done and really fit with the movie. I thought they looked nice too. That's, that's all I know about fashion. Okay, well, I do have one comment. Poe's leather jacket. I want it. Like, I really want it. Not the leather jacket that Finn wears. Poe's jacket that he actually wore in the film. Yeah. That was a nice leather jacket. Don't, don't underestimate a good leather jacket. Amen. Okay. Speaking of underestimating things, I did underestimate one thing about this movie. I thought this movie couldn't surprise me. Because, you know, go in. We have a vague idea of where this is going. As you're watching the movie, you can figure it out by context clues. Yeah. For the most part. There were some surprises. But one scene made me lose my crap. Master Yoda, as a force ghost, setting the tree on fire, (laughs) blew my mind. That was good. You definitely were more appreciative of that than me. I was just like, it's Yoda. It's like a CGI Muppet Yoda, so it's better Yoda than the prequels. But And then there's me sitting beside you, like, crying. Not breathing. <laughs> and oh. Tears like, it's Yoda! I like so excited. But it's so... It was really well done. It's absolutely Yoda. Absolutely. And you know the whole thing about he was, Luke was going to go set the tree on fire, which is like the Jedi, you know, where they held mm-hmm. the Jedi texts, and he's like... You know, this whole thing. And he's just ready. And then he, like, is like, I don't know. And then he sees Yoda and he's like, just going to do it anyway. And he stops and he was like, nah, dude, let's burn it down. And it was just so, and, you know, Luke, it was such quintessential Luke and Yoda of Luke being dumb and Yoda being like, dude, no. You're not looking at it the right way. You need to kind of see the whole picture not just what you want to see or the surface of what things look like there's more more meaning than just your opinion in the moment 
which I think is kind of like this underlying theme of the movie, which I didn't even realize until we were talking about it yesterday, because you'd said about Finn. Yeah, as I was kind of leading up into, because we were talking about like Ray and Rose and Finn, and how Finn kind of only sees the surface of what things look like to him. He doesn't see what's underneath or the depth. He just sees, oh, I want to do this for this reason. Like he's willing just to sacrifice himself because he hates the empire and not uh, like Rose's quote, like live for those you love. Don't die for what you hate. And Finn can, should learn to see that and hopefully will in the next movie. So I thought he got some good character development in this by the end of the movie. <laughs> kind of was the same for a while, but kind of leads up to before they killed off Phasma, how you could see one of her eyes through her mask, just showing like she's not just this unfeeling robot. She actually, there is a person inside there. So, I, mean, I think that's kind of like with almost every character, at least any developed character within, yeah. within the movie. Yeah. Um, like with any developed character within the movie they were struggling with that ability or disability Mm -hmm. to see under the surface of things because like Rose had the ability to look under the surface Ray I go back and forth because she has such a a compassion to her that I think that's why she fought so hard to bring Ren back Mm -hmm. but there was also that naive I think part of her that refused to really look really look deep which he might not and you know with luke and the whole you know oh this just needs to burn down and yoda's like you're not seeing everything and with poe and not seeing the whole picture and just i mean it was just so oh it was just so well done that was actually that was probably the the highlight of the movie other than the kylo ren and ray fighting together i really liked that i thought that was well done thought the only i thought it was interesting what they did um with the whole her descending into the darkness scene yeah it was kind of trippy it was i'm not a little weird yeah it wasn't a like it was kind of disconnected from everything else it just felt a little disconnected and it was very i mean i know obviously it was very empire call it you know yeah but empire did it so i mean empire conveyed thousands of words into a little sequence of luke fighting darth vader and then luke you know yes. the, the helmet flying off and it it being luke i mean that for me that's way that more was in depth than ray's, ray's stuff weird dark cave thing but the movie overall reminded me more of return of the jedi than empire definitely elements of empire but it was more of a wrapping everything up and this can be it and everybody's kind of all in a place where if it's the ending that's acceptable and there's not really any big cliffhanger nothing like oh I can't wait for the next movie because I want to find out about this like that's what episode seven had I left the theater after seeing episode seven like I want to know where Ray came from I want to know all these things that they didn't really tell us about that we'll find out in the next movie and then this one just felt more like it could be the end of the trilogy. Which makes me really excited for episode nine, because that means that we're going into uncharted territory. Yes. 
Yeah, because like I think the first half of the movie would have been Empire, and then the second half would have been Return of the Jedi. Yes. Like, I don't know. I feel like they had to have done that on purpose, though, because you can't have that. I mean, it's almost down the middle. Like the first yeah. hour and fifteen minutes would be this, and then the first, the second half would be that. Because the whole scene of where Snoke is forcing her to look out the window. Oh my gosh, And yeah. watching her, all of her friends die and trying to either kill her or lead her into the darkness. I mean, that's that's Return of the Jedi. That's it. That totally mirrors it. So, they, you can't, you'd have to do that on purpose. You can't be like, oh, I didn't realize. <laughs> like, come on. It's like one of those kids at school that's like, oh, I didn't study for this test. I just got 120%. It's like if by by not sure studying, you man. what what do you mean? It's it's opposite day. <laughs> it's opposite day. To the effect of not preparing for things, kind of brings me around to, I guess, just looking at everybody's characters, because I know a big thing in um in episode seven was everyone was like, oh, how did Ray get all this stuff? And she was so unprepared and blah 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 blah, in which. It was actually kind of cool, and it kind of sucks, too, that they had, that they felt like they had to, like, go back in, in, like, in all the novels and be like, oh, well, she, you know, found this flight simulator on Jakku, so she taught herself how to fly all these ships, or, you know, or, or she, you know, trained with her staff every single day, like, mm-hmm. finding all these stupid little, well, they're not stupid, but having to find all of, every single answer to every single question as to how she's just inherently good, whereas in... Episode four, Luke's <laughs> like, oh yeah, man, I could take down the Death Star. I was shooting Womp Rats back on Tatooine. Like, no. You don't, no, you don't get to just blindly accept Luke in his backwater planet and then be like, well, they can't do that. They can't. I mean, they even explained it in episode seven with the Force Bond mind thing, which I called from day it. one. However, um, you know, I... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of dumb, but, you know. That's a good segue into just talking about Rey and how wonderful she is. So Rey, bl- oh, I just, I don't, I don't even know. I just keep saying, like, everything blew my mind, but it's true. My mind is blown. I'm here, and this is my ghost. Because Emma stopped existing <laughs> Thursday night at 10 o'clock. Because she, it just, it makes me... It makes me just so happy because a lot of people were like, you know, um, saying that like she could be the first gray Jedi, but but she's not. And like I thought, yeah, like don't get me wrong, the Jedi have a lot of the Jedi had a lot of issues. I think those those issues did die out because right, Ray has no clue what's going on and how the Jedi or operated back in the day. But she has all the books though on the Falcon now, so. I'm ho- I'm hoping she puts her Jakku life, you know, and the lessons learned to good use. And is like, hey, maybe we shouldn't kidnap kids whenever they're five and then take them away from their parents and tell them to repress their emotions. Hopefully. But um, she just, like, just the whole thing about the whole Grey Jedi and how she, she isn't, she's like the light. Because I, I forget exactly how Snoke worded it at the end, but um, how as Kylo Ren grew in the darkness, his opposition would grow in the light or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Because they thought it was Luke, but it was really Ray. And, like, that just, oh, that just did me in. I mean, she she literally went down into the darkness on Octo. She went down, and she, she was searching, and she couldn't even find the answers there. And I think that in itself is really symbolic 
of how she she is in the light and that you know in the light she found the answers and she even after going into the darkness she still um, you know she she comes out of that darkness and instead of feeling that rage and that loneliness and that fear that like the sith feed on mm-hmm. she goes and yeah she's telling ren how lonely she is but she's also incredibly compassionate towards him and i think even that is really reflective of how i mean because that's that's the true jedi right there is having that compassion and wanting to bring people back into the light and understanding that you're not just one choice that you made 15 years ago or you're not just one choice that you made five days ago to kill your father which is crazy because he killed his dad and rationally you're like no no forgiveness but i mean that's that's it is that forgiveness and that compassion being the embodiment of what the Jedi could become. Quick side note that I won't get into because I had a whole rant about it yesterday. I do believe that um, that the compassion shown by Rey was fully unromantic and that any relationship with Ren and Rey in the near future is wholly abusive and very bad. And odds are in episode nine, Ren's gonna die. Because even if you, even if there would be a romantic relationship, it'd have to take years after he redeemed himself. Because mm-hmm. even him coming back into the light, he would be really vulnerable and that wouldn't be a healthy relationship for them to be in because the power dynamic would be off the freaking charts and just not good. And yeah. That ship's garbage. I think I put that somewhere. She's been like, waiting for that. I'm like, I thought of that yesterday. I'm like, we need to For over 24 hours. I saw an opportunity. And she took it. But we were also talking about, on a on a nicer note, we were talking about Ray and Rose and how similar they were. And you had some really good points on that. Like They are both compassionate and they don't look only at the surface. So they're kind of like, other than Poe, they're like Finn's only friends that he has. So that's, their similarity is... Maybe that's why I noticed their similarities, just because the Finn and Rose thing was almost like Finn and Ray in episode seven. Just how they, like he was lost and then found this buddy and then they go off and basically save the galaxy more or less. So that was probably what I was thinking. Yeah, because I could, I could see Rose, I don't want to say filling the Ray role. She and that's because she isn't, because she, she is her own female character, who's very different from Rey. Yeah, I mean, like Rose ha- is a badass. They have similar like core qualities, but they are very different individuals. Because Rey watched, Rey watched Kylo Ren kill the closest thing she had to a father figure, but she'd really only known Han for a couple of days. She really had. Whereas Rose lost her sister. Not be, I mean, yeah, because they were fighting the First Order and a series of events happened caused by the First Order. But it's Poe's fault. It is. It's Poe's Poe's fault. fault. It was the Resistance's fault. And Rose Tico still freaking was like, I know that I that she knew that this was a possibility, and she is still going to fight tooth and nail. To keep the resistance alive. And I mean, you want to freaking talk about a hero. Like, forget the Jedi. Rose, honestly. Rose is probably my favorite. It's always hard for me because I love Finn and Rey. But 
Rose honestly might have been my favorite character in this whole thing because she she was so just so selfless and even um yes. in that scene whenever they were on the ship where it was Finn and Rose and DJ on the ship that they'd stolen mm-hmm. and um you know he's like hey I need I need the necklace and Finn's like no 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 and Rose is like there like not even I mean there was like a little moment of hesitating of hesitating but that's obviously like normal but um you know she's just like take it like the resistance is more important than family artifacts and that just oh my gosh and you really got to see more of her character as the movie went on it wasn't like one dimensional and she stayed the same throughout she actually got some you know, i guess she did she did get character development even though she kind of had the same she was the same character throughout like she didn't change that much but we got to see more and more of her as the story went on and that i thought was well done and played well for how they were portraying her. Yeah, because you really, later on, you really did get to see her rounded out as like this three-dimensional character that, you know, where she came from, that inner turmoil yeah. of the whole issue on Kanto bite with, with the kids and just seeing that, just the levels of emotional intensity that I think Kelly Marie Tran really brought to the role. And I think because other people could have played it but not mm-hmm. conveyed the emotions as well as what she did. And you don't find out everything about her at once, which is definitely good. Like As it goes on, you find more and more out about her, and that just adds to how she, how she was, how she became. That just adds to like where she was at when we met her, and then you find out more about her. That just speaks to her depth as a character. And it all leads up to that... Um the scene at the end whenever she i mean she's she's ready to sacrifice herself for finn like she's she's ready and just the whole i mean and just how how varying her outlook is to finn's you know whenever he's mm-hmm. like what why why'd you stop me he's like i was almost there like why yeah. and she's like i saved you dummy like that is just so so important because it showed how two people could be fighting for the same cause but having totally different mentalities about it because i mean you know and then especially whenever she said this this is why we fight you know not to kill the ones that we hate but to save the ones that we love like that just just, that that was so that was a really well-written line that was really good and they better not kill her off in episode nine i don't think so i I I don't think they should i mean who knows what they're going to do but after episode eight like let rose live she deserves it she she deserves the galaxy what did you think about that kiss eh, neutral neutral opinion probably like not look it fit with her character and it was i just i wasn't thinking about it and i don't really care that much either way so i can, I can accept that i i would not totally argue with either argument i would just be like think, oh i see both your valid points if somebody was like no and someone was like yes i'd be like i think like the whatever. only issue that i had with it and it wasn't even it it was it would inevitably spark arguments of, well, I'm Team Ray, I'm Team Rose, oh, I'm Team Poe, and it's like, just let's just save the galaxy. Like, please. are you a, like the rebels or not? Like, don't pick sides from the same team. Speaking of Team Poe, that development there is just because we didn't really get to see that much of his character in Episode Seven, so they really 
played off that, and at the beginning of episode eight, I mean, obviously, it's like a week later, you can totally see how, it's exactly how he was in seven, but he he got to... Play around a little bit more. Yeah, learn learn some things. And I really liked what you said about him and his character development the other day about not just like flying in and oh, saving the day. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah, what what did I say the other day that was really well thought out? Um It's like in the cars. Yeah, too, it was so in it's the been car. like a week. Like, crap. Um, 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 um about he Oh oh oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um I Whenever I went to go see it for the second time with my family, I ended up sitting beside my 11-year-old cousin, and he, he talks a lot during movies. And, uh, you know, whenever whenever um, Admiral Holdo started talking to Poe and treating him that way, you know, and he, my little cousin leans over and goes, she's a traitor. She's, she's bad. Like, she's, she's, she's just bad. And, and obviously, I'd seen it before, so I, I knew what was coming. And um, it really got me thinking, like, yeah, I, I agree with Admiral Holdo, like, in the beginning of this, yeah, like Poe's funny and he's cute and he's cocky and he he's a hotshot. He's a fly, you know, the golden boy of the rebellion. Um, it has been stated in canon that he is on the recruitment posters, so he's a really big deal in this whole thing. <laughs> and I think that really fits in well in the beginning with that that confident attitude that we see conveyed whenever he talks to Hux and that whole little joke at the beginning. Whenever he has Hux on hold. That was good. But, you know, and as you see him start to unravel as the movie goes on and as he's starting to get more and more desperate because these are his friends and family. These are the people that he's he's lived with, that he's watched die. I mean, his mom died in battle. I, I would have to double check on that. But, uh, but I mean, his parents were both rebellion fighters back during during the whole thing with Luke and Leia and Han. I mean during that age they they were in the rebellion and so you know he sees his whole life kind of crumbling before him and i mean admiral holdo is too like she she's watching her friends and family die as well but their two separate reactions are just so well played out but then getting to watch poe realize just what's going on and realize oh i was wrong but instead of him getting upset by that he takes that and he watches admiral holdo sacrifice herself and then he even quotes her in the um, in the cave on crate. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you know, and he takes that quote, and it's it didn't come off as cheesy in the movie as it did in the trailer, because in the trailer I was like, oh, great. <laughs> but um, you know, getting to watch that character development of where he understands that protecting the light is more important than being the hero is a huge, huge thing. Because that's how I am. Because I'm like, I just want to go in guns blazing with anything and just kick stuff over. <laughs> and, um, and just, you know, like be the hero in any situation. That's not how most things work out. And it was cool to see him take that lesson and actually apply it and grow as a person and as a character instead of just throwing a hissy fit. They already had the hissy fit thing in there. They don't need to... Go through that again. Mister, I'm going to slam my helmet against an elevator wall because wah, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, yeah, speaking of emo hissy fits, <laughs> we haven't talked about Kylo Ren yet. I actually, we? I actually kind of like Kylo Ren as like this individual character because it's really, it's really interesting to see him played out because he is like this emo. Yeah, I mean, which emo. is funny, but it's... It's cool to see, because he's not a Sith Lord. He's not a Sith Lord. He's not a Sith. He's a Supreme Leader, but he... He's not Sith. 
Although, no, yeah, he's not Sith. He's not Sith. Even, he doesn't have even the eye. killing, even killing... Even killing Han, he, his eyes didn't... Well, but Palpatine's change. eyes, he could change them back. Because Palpatine's eyes weren't red. But uh, maybe, did they turn red after his little... No, they were blue. Oh, I haven't watched that in a while. We were just watching lightsaber fight scenes last night on TV. <laughs> we just found like a video that was like every lightsaber fight in Star Wars. I just remember like, one through six. Yes, now and he's got the yeah. He can't be a Sith. I mean, he just, he just can't be because he he still wanted to let it die at the end. Yeah, there's he's too conflicted. He's not like fully yeah. So I don't think manipulated he's, like. But um, from was. my original thought that I got slightly sidetracked off of, um, it's really cool to see to see someone kind of. In the dark, I mean, he is in the darkness. He's on the dark side. But to see him riding that edge of, do yeah, I plunge myself deeper in or do I allow myself to be pulled out? And I think that's a really cool kind of contrast. And I think Adam Driver plays it really well, mm-hmm. that conflict. Like, even even at the uh, very end, whenever Ray's up in the Falcon and he's yeah. on the floor and he, like, I forget if he picked up the dice right before or right after. I think it might have been right before he looked at Ray. I think it might have been. I think so. But, um, you know, and, he, and he's looking up at her and just, there's no words spoken, but just to see his face, like, he conveyed, like, 30 emotions in, like, three seconds. And I'm like, go, man. Like, that's good. But it's just really cool to kind of see that play out. And to see that his weakness was that he was conflicted and that he was actually letting Ray not pull him out, but not. skim him along the surface enough to kill Snoke, kill guards. And but then he kinda was like, No, Join let's me and together we can rule the galaxy. Yeah, which was about no. Like the the naive, hopeful part of me was like no, because I, I, you know, I, I'm always a sucker for a redemption story. Like that's, I want people to be redeemed, but it wouldn't have made sense within kinda, the movie. I just kind of want him to get stabbed in the next movie. I mean, Han's he did he's, for Han. He's going to but like, but Darth Maul, Qui Gon. Yeah, I, can, I, I, I can't see how JJ's gonna let him live. At least, like, at least maim him or something. No one lost any limbs in this. Like, you, it's the middle one uh, of the trilogy i don't I, think i would disagree wait wait snoke lost his snoke. top half <laughs> oh yeah they, they did a jar jar on him no none of the did good jar jar on him what not jar jar gonna <laughs> edit that out not jar jar i'm darth keeping that maul. in darth maul there they did a like, darth maul on him spoiler his hand fell off. jar jar was darth maul <laughs> i don't know why i said jar jar but then his hand fell off too I distinctly remember his hand fell off, not only to get sliced and sliced in half. He lost like his hand got chopped off too. Just thinking no good no no one that was good at the time. Like Anakin gets hands chopped off and he's still good. So does Luke. Maybe that was like the symbolic breakaway from the other movies was that no Skywalker lost a limb during the filming of this. I say that like they're real people and Luke Skywalker legit got his arm chopped off in episode five. George Lucas didn't know how to do special effects, so he just bought real <laughs> no, he... lightsabers and cut off Mark Hamill's arm. <laughs> I watched the bonus feature where he like hit his hand in his sleeve. Sometimes like, I do like ago. watch movies, like if I'm watching a horror movie, and I'm like, they could be killing that person in real life, and I would not know. I just sit there and I'm like, hypothetically, this could happen because there's some stuff I'm like, is this real? Dear God, save me! I backed out. I'm like no. <laughs> We're not going down that road. That's a really gross road to go down. <laughs> but, um, so we're talking about Kylo Ren. 
in his issues. And he still has all his limbs that we know. He still has all his limbs. Let's well, he's talk- like a solo, not a Skywalker-ish. But he's a sky. He has. No, he's like. But I think he was. He was Ben Solo though. But yeah, because that's Han's last name. I know, but he like. He's a Skywalker. He is a Skywalker, but I'm just saying, like on paper, he's a <laughs> We're Skywalker. Just edit this out. No, his but DNA is Skywalker. Is. You mean to I'm tell not. me that drama in the lift? Uh, <gasps> that that's like totally. That's Anakin. Anakin. He he's totally Anakin. That whole anytime Luke or Kylo Ren did anything in this movie, well, I was like, like Anakin. Anakin. Like, whenever Luke, like, threw the lightsaber over his shoulder, I'm like, that is such an Anakin move. And Anakin was always losing his lightsabers in the prequels, too, so. Oh, that's true, that's true. They're they're probably playing off that a little bit. They they might say it was by accident, but we all know. My favorite thing is what we were talking about earlier, um, whenever Luke did the whole, like, astral projection thing. And Anna had her opinions on it. And, like, I was watching it, and I saw that he'd cut his hair. And... My first thought wasn't that something was wrong. It was like, Luke Skywalker actually stopped and got a haircut before this fight. And then I was like, I can see it. That I didn't even question that. I was just like, he's a Skywalker. I was I knew something was up because I'm like, he does not have any hair dye on his hobo island that we know of. So something is up because he dyed his hair and his beard and like not only did did he get a haircut looks younger too so like something's up but i was just like what is this going to be did you just call it his hobo island <laughs> it's his hobo island it's a, or his dagobah but not in the swamp <laughs> a bit of an dagobah improvement 2.0 yeah dagobah the hobo 2.0. Island. maybe there's a spa on the island we don't know about I mean, it's not full on hobo like, it's not got full caretakers on. they do but you kind of like are you talking about like the darkness <laughs> The spa on the island nobody knows about. Like the it's darkness. really the darkness. That's where you get a, the mud mask and facial. And that's why like, oh, so Ray looks so good when she came out. Of that she looked like well, she was was in the water though. So what's in the water? <laughs> you see, like what? Okay, would it just like it just occurred to me with Luke being on that island and yeah, like it's it's a very big hub for lightness, but it'd also be a very big hub for darkness. Could he have been affected by that a little bit? Probably. Like, I don't, I mean, because, um, in, yeah, like, in, like, whenever you're, like, reading some of the uh, novels from the Star Wars universe, I don't think necessarily it was dealt with a whole lot in Knights of the Old Republic. I don't, I don't think so. But, um, that certain areas could affect your mental state between, like, the light and dark. Like, if you were, like, um, like, at a Sith crypt. That the makes the sense. spirits, yeah, the force ghosts of the Sith Lords were there, and they'd kind of be able to sway one way or the other. So, could could him being on Octo have kind of driven him a little bit worse than what he would have been if he would have like been on Tatooine? Probably, especially because he was really isolated there too, and it seemed like a surprise to him when Yoda showed up. It wasn't like, "Hey, I'm chilling with my buddy Yoda again." Yeah, it was like, yeah. "Hey, I don't expect to see you here." That would have been wild to like turn around and be like Yoda and be like, oh no. Not you again. Something bad. I did something wrong. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you did, buddy. Let's fix it. But I think I think Luke, I know that I said Rose is my favorite character, but Luke might have been my favorite original. character story. Or character story. Definitely my favorite original. But like, because like I had an imaginary the- Luke Skywalker friend. Like, I remember being, like, four years old and, like, talking to Luke Skywalker because I loved him so much as a kid. So Luke, Luke has always been special to me, but 
I really appreciated the way that they told his story in this one. I thought it was really well done, too. Like, it wasn't, like, shocking or annoying whenever he died, either. It wasn't like Han, when you're just like, what have they done? Even though you kind of saw it, you saw it coming, but it was still like, no, I want to refuse to accept this. It fit with his character, and just it wasn't, he didn't do anything when you're just like, Luke would not do that. It just... It flowed with where they kind of left off at TFA, and I don't know if I have anything else to add to that. Yeah, because, like, it, the way that they told his story, and the, what his story was, was, was just really good. Because I, I understand that it, it was a polarizing thing with his issue with Ben, and how he, he did raise his lightsaber to him. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, really thinking about the character, which I've done because I've loved this stupid saga for 20 years, is, um... Like, I mean, I've, I feel like I know Luke Skywalker, which is really dumb to say, but I mean, he, he was this kid from Tatooine, 19 years old, that was kind of shoved into all this. He got like two, three days of training from this old hermit that he found out was best friends with his dad. And then like, he died and you know, like three years go by, three years, yeah, three three years go by, they're on Hoth. He ends up getting visited by Obi-Wan. They, you know, he goes to Dagobah, trains with his old weird green lizard for, I don't know, a handful of days. I'm not really sure how long that was. It, and, I don't think it was very long because he's like, I have to leave. And then, like, he goes back to um to go find Han. That's two years, I think, because there's five years total between yeah, I think- New Hope and Return of the Jedi, I believe. And, um, you know, and I then think less time might pass between Empire and Return of the Jedi, maybe two years, two years. So that, yeah, so that'd be, yeah. And I, I mean, I don't think he went back to Yoda within those two years because they were looking for Han. And so, you know, so he has what a handful of training days over the span of this whole war that he was kind of here you go, buddy. And then afterwards, he's, you know, he, he just watched his dad die and suddenly he's this giant legend. I can't imagine how you would handle that. And then, you know. You're, you're going through whatever you're doing as a Jedi after this, and you're trying to figure all this stuff out. And then your sister has a son, and it, he ends up being super strong in the Force, and then you're like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re- restart this whole thing. And he starts the whole, he you know, gets a handful of kids, does them, and he's like, yeah, this is my nephew. This is, this is, my le- this is the yeah. legacy of the Skywalkers. And then he sees some stuff going on, and then he realizes how bad this is, and then he really realizes how bad this is and he panics i mean he it's this because i mean snoke had been messing with ben since he was like two so there's this giant pit of darkness within this 15 year old boy and he gets scared and he freaks out and he's like i've lost my everything to the darkness honestly i mean aside from leia and han he lost obi-wan he lost his aunt and uncle he lost his mother he lost his father he lost an entire childhood that he could have had. Yeah, I'd want to kill it too. But it was like an instant. He's like, oh my, I can't do this. It's Ben. And I think everyone's like kind of forgetting that whole, I can't do this. This is my nephew moment. Because everyone's like, Luke wouldn't have killed him. And I'm like, oh yeah, he didn't. That's why we have the movies. <laughs> and they really showed both perspectives on that too, which I thought added more depth because Ray was going back and forth between what Luke said and what Kylo Ren said and she kind of put together her own could put together her own picture of this she wasn't like oh I only believe one of you she wanted she wants to see the whole picture 
Which goes to show how great Ray is. You know who else is great? Leia. Oh man, that somebody texted me after I went to go see The Last Jedi for the first time, and they're like, on a scale of one to ten, how bad are the Carrie Fisher feels? And I was like, forty. Full on forty. It I think I honestly got at least a little choked up every time I saw her. Like I'm I'm nervous for episode nine because I don't know what they're gonna do. I've got two years. <laughs> yeah, two years of stress. But I really thought that how she was in this one was so true to the character. It really like was. Like, aside, aside from my little issue with the whole force flying thing, every scene with Carrie Fisher was just, like, perfection. Like, it is Leia. And then back to the costumes, the callback of when she's in the white gown with the bandage on her head over her ears, that's just reminiscent of A New Hope. And it, it was, it's like really obvious, but really subtle at the same time. So it wasn't like an overkill exact recreation. It was just like, that fits with the storyline, but I see what you're doing here, but it's, it was well done. Because I didn't even catch that until you said it. And I was like, oh man, that's true. And they Luke, I think Luke says something to her about changing her hair. And that's something that, a conversation she and Han had in episode seven. It was like, you changed your hair. I didn't even catch that. I didn't even catch that. Like, I think my eyes watered a little bit. Oh, that, that hurts. Uh, yeah, that, that hurts. The whole thing hurt, honestly, because it was so... Because you got to see a little bit of her in episode seven, but episode eight was yeah. like, for me... She was more of a main character in episode eight. It and wasn't you really, like a you got to see Leia. Like yeah. You got to see. I mean, oh, whenever she demoted Poe, and she yeah. tore him up in the most dignified and royal way, I was like, that's my princess. That's my general. Yeah, she's General Lyanna. That really builds on what we saw of her in the original trilogy, how she goes from the princess to the general. And I think that was my comment that I interrupted you for. I want like a whole, um, I just want a whole movie on Princess Leia, like after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Like, I want to know. I mean, we know what happens in the books, but everyone, but Disney was like, oh, those are all legends now because, it's which I, but I understand. I understand that because there's, there's so much information that you, you can't include all of it and you can't keep some stuff canon and some stuff not because that'd be so confusing. So I understand the reason. I'm just sad because that means within the movies, a lot of my favorite characters like Jason and Jaina Solo don't exist, which kind of kind of sucks honestly but uh, yeah I'd, I would watch an entire movie just based on Leia or they could just do a series with like a spin-off Agent Carter kind of series of oh Leia my gosh. that would be live, better than a movie live like, action Leia. like Stranger Things or Agent Carter something with like eight episodes or so just like a mini series or do one with like three or four hour and a half episodes like Sherlock or something but uh, of Leia. I'd be so into that. That'd be so much more character development than you can get in a two-hour movie. Because they're doing a live-action Star Wars TV show. You can't see the look on her face, but she's done. I'm just like, that could go many different ways. I'm hoping it's good. I'm hoping it's really good. But there was they should just make it a Leia. crappy Ewok movie that my brother watched, like, I don't know, maybe not even ten years ago, but the weird crappy one with, like, Ewoks. We... It was weird. Since we already have like a, a Christmas special this year, next year, we should watch the Star Wars Christmas special. I have never seen that. I've never seen it either because I watched two minutes of it and honestly got scared that I would hate <laughs> Star Wars after it. Right. So so next year we, we got a plan. That's good. That we'll, we'll forget tuned. about until one December 24th, 2018. We'll be like, 
oh my gosh, Anna, come over. It'll be good. That would be that would be fun though. Oh my goodness. We could actually maybe film that and just the looks of whatever on our faces. I think I know we were gonna I know we were gonna talk about Holdo. We kind of talked about. But I was gonna say we kind of already did a little bit just in regards to her and like how she how she treated Poe. What we didn't talk about though was one of my favorite scenes from the whole movie. Whenever she turned around that sucker and rammed it right. You saw into that coming, but you were like, yes, go for it. Now, Cameron did raise a really good point earlier today. Mm-hmm. Why didn't she do it earlier? It seems like she didn't have that thought till earlier. She was thinking they can still get away. And then she saw there was they were not going to make it. So she that, that is true. I think it was, it almost felt like it would have been like real time seeing her realize like they're not going to make it. What can I do? Is there anything I can do? And then she turns to Brown, light speeds into them. Like That was my thing. It just seemed like when she got the idea, she acted upon it, but didn't think of it right away. That's true. That's true. I didn't even think about like just the human element of not thinking about that. Like she's thinking, I'm trying to save them, but they're dying. And I, this is what I was here to do. What, what is there to do? It was so well done too. Like just the way, like how whenever she first rammed into it, it was just silence. That, that was really good. was also scientifically accurate until they made the explosions, because explosions don't make sounds in space. They need to sell movie tickets, though. <laughs> well, Star Trek doesn't have the explosion sounds in space. True. They're, they're... J.J. Abrams wouldn't have put in explosion sounds. Oh, we'll see that in episode nine. <gasps> Let me, I'm looking at the notes here, and the only thing we have is, like, Hux with a question mark. Probably. I will say, though, the second time that I went to go see it, the movie theater was, I mean, it was packed Thursday night, but Friday night was just, like, really packed. But uh, in I the very that. beginning, in the very beginning, uh, whenever you see Hux for the first time, it's, like, absolute silence in the movie theater. And you just hear this little three-year-old girl go, oh, no! That's adorable. <laughs> I was like, this is great. It was so much nicer than whenever I got to watch a two-year-old react to Han Solo dying in front of him. Oh, that's, that's. I, oh my, I felt sick. Like this poor kid had been jumping up in front of his seat the whole time. And his dad was like, kept looking back at me and was like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, don't, don't, don't be sorry. That's, that's okay. Like, let him, let him enjoy it. And I'd already seen it and it didn't occur to me until like the scene approached that I was like, oh Oh, my gosh. And this kid, I mean, the lightsaber goes through and this kid jumps to his seat, holds out his hand because it was like in the IMAX. So it was huge. Oh no. And so it's, it's, you know, it's like going on. And this kid leans out and it's so quiet. It's just so quiet because everyone in the movie theater is just in shock because it was still opening weekend. And this kid just reaches out his hand like, like he's trying to like grab out for Han, and you just hear him go, Han. And like, my friend and I just sobbed because it was so heartbreaking to see this kid because I'm like, I've I've never seen that in my life. I know. A little kid losing his hero. Whenever I saw that, I felt bad for Chewie. I'm like, poor Chewbacca. He doesn't have any friends now. I mean, Luke was... I was was like, Luke, Luke, but like, Luke kind of wasn't in the picture. And he just met Ray. I mean, Leia, though. And Leia. Yeah, Leia, though. But, like, Han was, like, his buddy. He was friends with Han way before Leia. So it was, like, it was sad. I was like, poor Chewbacca. Poor Chewie. No, now he has some porgs. On Are that they note, friends or dinner? Podcast over. <laughs> it's, it's really dark. I did like, though, because I kept, before the movie came out, I kept seeing every, like, posts online about 
people being like, you know, if any pork dies, I'm going to riot. And then. Well, well, well. <laughs> you know, he just eats the porks. Well, I don't know if he ever actually ate them, but, you know. Well, he, he was about he to was eat gonna. them. It was implied. <laughs> right. Porgs are friends, not food. Porgs are friends, not food. That was really bad Australian accent. <laughs> I'm going to stop. Uh, all right, so final thoughts. Go see it if you like Star Wars. Your opinion might be divided, but... Oh, your opinion's definitely going to be divided. Uh, I thought it was a decent movie overall. There was hesitation there. I liked it better leaving the theater Thursday night than whenever I start thinking about it and like nitpicking the details that I really didn't agree with. I personally really enjoyed it. Like I still really like it. It is enjoyable to watch. There were flaws, but that's Everything. just about every movie. Uh, I do highly recommend to go see it because I, I think that this was... Ryan Johnson subverts the genre of Star Wars like he does with every other movie he makes, which is cool. I respect him for that. I don't agree with everything that was done, but I do respect that it was a very decent movie. And I think I, did I said this earlier, it answers questions that episode seven left me with. So if you want... Yeah, it kind of, it wraps everything up. So if the apocalypse happens, we're not going to be super upset if we don't get episode nine. Well, we, fo- we found out about... Ray's parents. Oh my gosh, Ray's parents. How did we not talk about Ray's parents? That was like your favorite thing to talk about. So Yesterday. But um, yeah, Ray's parents being nobody was absolutely one of my favorite parts of the whole movie because that's so powerful and says so much to not just people in like the Star Wars universe, but just in general, like overcoming things and, you know, coming from nothing, coming from a desert nowhere place. I was just really happy that she was not a Skywalker. Oh, so was I. If she would have been a Kenobi, I would have been good with that. But just the not a Skywalker thing was like the best. Like I wanted her to be a Kenobi, but it was only because I couldn't, I never actually considered her not being anybody's, like anybody important in terms of the movie. Plus the, the fight in the snow in episode seven is so reminiscent of, Anakin and Obi-Wan on Mustafar that kind of even if you're not thinking that it's still kind of like you think maybe she is a, it's a Kenobi Skywalker fight again so then the force bond kind of explains why she was so evenly matched yeah. with him so that was good yeah and like um and I think the whole her parents being nobody really really comes around to whenever um at the very end whenever you have the kids on Candlelight uh. and and the kid is for is you know is force sensitive, and he just and it's just this little thing where he just used the force to grab the broom, but like my jaw dropped. I I couldn't believe it. Like that that was the best way to end the movie was just this little force sensitive kid looking up at the stars, watching a ship go off into hyperspeed, and he had the rebellion ring. on his ring. Yeah, the rebellion ring on his finger, and it it captured the, what the, I want in Star Wars that that hopeful. The, the spirit more. Yeah. of the trilogies and all that. It's kind yeah, of like that was, the spirit of that was all of, the Star Wars. Probably one of, well, definitely one of my favorite scenes, possibly one of the best scenes in the movie. And I think that's where we can end it on because that's yeah. a better note. That, that's a better way to towards. end it. End it like the movie. All right. And thanks for listening. Go watch it again. This is Emma. And this is Anna. And you've been listening to Angry Noises.